0: Mi nombre es Antonio, que pasa? Estás, 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 stud Buenos dias, buenas noches. Tennessee baseball. Well, so much for our Garza Law extra innings following the uh, Arkansas game. That has been canceled. Unless, Brian, you want to break down Arkansas. And your Texas A&M Aggies. So much for hosting, too. And so much for hosting. Next home game will be next February. You know, Sink, those that, Sean Sinclair's here, those that host are those that deserve to host. Yes or no?
1: Those that host deserve to host?
0: No, are those that deserve to host. That's the way it ought to be. This team doesn't deserve to host anything. No, it does not. No. It was never going to deserve to host anything.
1: I didn't uh, unless unless
0: we
1: unless we reached the championship game. I don't think we had done enough to host, uh, regardless of RPI or anything. And that's not that's not from a scorn fan point of view or anything like that. I just I think this is a uh, respectfully a middle of the road SEC baseball team.
0: Yep. And I love Dave Serrano. He's my guy. He was on here yesterday. You know, talking him up, chatting him up, and I said, "Look, man, I." Laura had a good line today. She said, you know, the thing about the Tennessee baseball team this year is when they're good, they're really, really good. But, man, when they're bad, they can throw up some real stinkers. Like that thing yesterday, and anybody that's watched enough of them this year knew early on in that deal that it was not going to happen. It was just today. That that game yesterday was just not. Would you watch your early innings? I mean, right from that opening at bat, poor Maui Ahuna. I mean, did they compete yet? What was that? Well, it's it's almost become an
1: automatic strikeout for Ahuna, Burke, and Moore. And those are. Yeah. Those are your three guys right there. You know, I've seen enough, and I'm not trying to get into anything here, but I've seen enough of of sports and been on the outside of teams uh, enough to know that. this is a collective not a team um there is there does not appear to be any i don't like the term dogs or anything like that that's just but there does not appear to be anybody out there with the with the sack of say a drew gilbert or any of the guys last year um and that's not a criticism because you are what you are. I'm not admittedly I'm not one of those guys either, I don't think, nor have any talent uh to compete like that. But you can see that the better players um that are supposed to be uh the ringleaders, the bell cows, they 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 give off and, and I'm not suggesting this is their way, they give off an indifferent type of uh a, a vibe uh, that, that just may be the way they're. I'm not saying they're indifferent. They give off an indifferent vibe.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, there did not. I mean, that uh, uh, I saw some. I saw some juice, and you always see juice from uh, Dickie, He's a Tennessee kid, Christian Scott, uh, who's limited, but gives you his all. And then, oddly enough, the you know uh, the other outfielder, um, you know, Ansley. So- uh, Insley, yeah. So I mean, and and again, none of those players would have been starting in the outfield last year. Uh, So, you know, it is what it is. Having said that, if you're not going to win the SEC tournament, you might as well get out on the first day, because and and yesterday was yesterday, tomorrow is tomorrow. So there's no no sense in no sense of beating it, you know, beating up or reliving what happened. I know this is talk show. I'm talking about those guys. It's it's, it's a it's a two game season now, three game season. Uh, you rest up. You have your if you need another team meeting uh, to air out your dirty laundry to you know to code red a few players, whatever you need, get that done, and go attack the regional. You know, as a defend as as a, a second seed, and see what happens because obviously they went and they had a chance to sweep South Carolina. We didn't, but they they had a chance. They had, they had a chance in every game at LSU. They didn't. They've had a chance in most of the games they've lost, and there were either defensive breakdowns. I think there's been some. I think there's been some um, lack of concentration on the mound this year on some of the big horses, uh, but. They can circle the wagons, and in a two and three game series, they can come out on top. It would not surprise me. This team is as every bit as talented as that Notre Dame team last year, with significantly better pitching.
0: It's really true what you say, because I have people like you know. And I don't know. I don't know why when you say positive things about something that aggravates people people are like well how do you feel now how, how's your how's your team that's going to the college world how do you feel now you know, i ran an email from a from a guy this morning at the top of the deal written me i mean look i didn't do it
3: well no do these.
1: hang on a second i'm a i i, I admittedly carried water for serrano for several years but that's that's not my mo i like to be a straight shooter in fact i I kind of get my wings clipped by you and some others it, correctly for uh, saying more than I probably should, but I bleed orange. But, you know, what? I don't understand that attitude. Simply, would you do that to your children that failed a grade I and failed a test? Would you do that to yourself? I mean, I don't understand that. But it was, a, there was no candy coating what happened last night. There was a pathetic baseball performance by the Tennessee Vols. Period. We've had managerial f ups. The, the the thing with taking out Dolander, I can understand why he might have thought of doing it. That was a colossal mistake on Vitello's part. Huge mistake. And then yesterday, they just didn't show up. They didn't. Nobody wanted to win out there. Nobody looked like they wanted to win. Uh, I'll, I'll say Christian Scott, perhaps of anybody. Yeah. But but that day's over so so move forward and and uh i i choose to look at the positive going forward uh and this team will they will determine their own fate because they have the ability to get to omaha
0: you know what i wonder is at what point and brian hartman how did you digest what occurred yesterday because here we were on the air yesterday Talking about well, yeah, Texas is going to roll that A and M team. That that A and M pitcher hadn't done anything all year. A hadn't had a start, hadn't had a guy get into the uh, into the sixth, basically the sixth inning all year. I think they had one guy in one start, non-league game, but they haven't all season in the. Uh, they've only had like three decisions out of their pitching staff. I mean, some crazy number. Tony, he couldn't get he put, he pitched here this year and couldn't get out of the second inning. The same guy pitched here. Wow. Brian, how do you, how do you make sense of what happened yesterday? And, and, and can these guys make some changes going into the postseason? You know, Holly called us yesterday. She was on her way down there. and We were talking about, hey, win a couple games and get out. Holly, that was not, just for the record, okay, that was not the plan. The plan was not to go down there and get beaten a stinker and look like that. Nobody wants to get beaten a stinker and look like that. Bri, what how do you digest what happened yesterday? How do you comprehend it? Well, it was very random.
4: You had a random starter from A and M randomly have a tremendous pitching performance. And he just completely had the balls' mastered except for one hit. He turned the balls into a one-hit wonder. And this has happened before. Tennessee is now 0-5 lifetime in the single elimination Tuesday format of this wow. tournament, which was adopted back That's in 2013 when is, Missouri and A&M came into the league. That is nuts. So they're in the 0-5. Words, they've if, all been yeah.
0: low-scoring, close, kind of close games <sighs> where the offense just couldn't wake up. If you're Tennessee's uh, whoever's in charge of the ops person, don't don't rent. Don't get a room, in other words. Just everybody wear their uniforms, leave the day of the game, save the school some money. Don't rent unless you're a unless you have a top
4: four seed a, a buy unless you have a buyer that comes with a top four seed, they've done well there. Twice they made the championship game and the other time they won it. But if they have to play Tuesday, forget about it.
0: Dave Van Horn gave a interesting uh, interview regarding the Tennessee team that they saw, and, and it seems like teams have kind of figured out that I'm just going to throw side-on-side uh, pitchers at their lefties, and I'm just going to wear them out with lefties. And we don't hit them. Lefty. We have too many left-handed hitters. We said it before the beginning of the season. It's just a. You, can't have, you cannot be that one-side dominant when your leadoff hitter is not a contact guy. I mean, no offense to Maui Ahuna, but this guy has struck out 43 times in 31 SEC games. I mean, that, and I'm not singling him out. Because here's a stat for you. And I ask a question here. I'm just asking for a friend. At what point do you say, this guy needs to sit down? Because it's very, very close with Blake Burke. You say, well, and Chris Burke can call me, whatever he wants to call me. But I'll tell you this. This guy has 11 RBIs in 31 SEC games, and he's hit 205 in those games. And he's not even competitive in those at-bats. Not even competitive. He hadn't squared a ball up since I don't know when. Not picking at the guy. But at what point do you look at him and go, hey, son, you need to work off to the side here. We're going to let Dylan Dryling have a shot or somebody else have a shot. Because it's painful. Let me give you a, a for instance here. And, and and yesterday's game was really weird because after that rain delay, Tennessee had a chance to come back and get in that game. But they decided to and I'm not knocking the Cal Star kid, I know he's local. Why don't you pinch hit for him there? What are we doing? Where's the urgency, Tony Valls? I mean, do we want to stay? Do we want to go? And I liked it, listen, I love Tony. Tony's ripping the, the fans that were getting on him. Apparently there were some uh there was some jawing going on from some people that were pretty displeased at Tennessee's kind of nonchalant attitude. I don't blame people. If you drove all the way down there yesterday and they put up that kind of whatever that was, that dreck, that lifeless dreck, I don't blame people for screaming at them. I'm sorry. Look, if I'm going to go and I'm going to drive and I'm going to take a day off and you're going to do that, I don't. Bl- as long as you didn't get personal, hey, like where's the effort here? I don't blame people. Anyway, Blake Burke has 11 RBIs in 31 SEC games. He's at 205. Let me – Cal Stark, who struggles at the plate, and we all knew that, has 10 RBIs in 27 games. He has one less RBI than Blake Burke, Sean Sinclair. I mean, what are we – what is that?
1: You know, Tony is um – through the years, he has stayed with his horses, the guys that he's believed in, and most of the time, it worked out. You know, a year or so ago, Max Ferguson was having a hard time, and uh, he stuck with him, and at the end, he he started to bear fruit. That, that's that been his M.O. When he when he believes in somebody, he believes in them, and I, and I can appreciate that. Uh, but I totally agree with you in that, and, and Moore had a, Moore had a little bit of a blip on the positive side a few weeks ago, but the strikeout numbers are <sighs> just ridiculous to me. I know baseball's changed. I know it's all about launch angle and all this other stuff. I guess I'm just old school that I see absolutely no positive in a strikeout. Especially, we seem to look at a lot of strikes, and then and then everyone on the team shakes their head. No, dude, you show me anywhere in history of baseball where a where an umpire changes his mind. I haven't seen it. I'm, I'm mid fifties. I've never seen it. When he makes the call, that's the call, Jack. You can like it or you can lump it. Why? just yeah. I don't understand. I don't understand just. Sitting there and taking so many strike threes.
0: You know another. You know another uh, thing that should have should have told us this team was in trouble when Brian Hartman got on the air yesterday and said there's an inclement cell, an inclement weather sitting over that stadium. Right. This team, unless the conditions are perfect, this is a pampered bunch. Now, I don't uh, right from the very beginning with that Missouri deal which was a huge red flag. And I'm not knocking them. And I'm not saying they don't compete cuz I, I I never want to say that. But if they but they're not mutters. That's exactly right. Nobody's gonna call here's, these guys here's the thing, nobody's gonna call I, these guys if, mutters. That's a great line. Look, Sean. You you
1: you had a you, you had you had Tony V on before it was cool to have Tony V right on and and nobody loves him more than we do. Um I I would encourage him to you know, t- t- take a breath uh, with people that that uh, are critiquing performances because you know that he's been he's been carried around here like Cleopatra, you know, and you know, no, not many, not many arrows have been slung his way since he's been here, and and that's that's part of the SEC. I'm not criticizing him at all. My, it's just a bit of advice. Part of the job. It just means more in the SEC. Yep, and 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 and, and we said this. We said this over the past. It couple means of people years. care,
0: exactly, well, well, Brian.
1: Well, well, hang on a second. They care now. They didn't care before. Yeah, he made they them care. Cared, they care now. Yeah, he made them care. And it, it, and the only reason they care now is because of Tony. That's right. So so you know when someone is ripping him and it's hard. I'm not this evolved, but when someone is ripping him it's a compliment to what he's put up there on the scoreboard of the past several years. Uh, so, uh, tone, if you're listening and you're probably not, and you, if, and you probably don't care what this idiot says, but you know, we love you.
0: Take it easy. Go
1: get him next time. Well, His
0: quote after the game, you know, about, uh, his, his exact quotes is crazy. You know, it's like, Whoa, tongue. But you're right. Nobody's going to call these guys mutters, Brian and Sean and the living listener, unless the weather is perfect for these guys, name me a game this year where in adverse conditions, in the league now, these guys performed. In like adverse, especially away from our building, you can almost guarantee yourself that if it's Yesterday, out in that rain, and you had and, – and Ike just texted me. Who played a lot of baseball coming up. And Ike says, you know, Tony, you've got a guy with a loopy left-hander, a loopy left-handed junk ball thrower in adverse conditions. Those guys are hard to hit. Well, for Tennessee's lineup in adverse conditions, the body language, those guys just hurt a lot, man.
4: I- I'm back in well, that. It was that Georgia pitcher – Coming in and shutting them down—that they weren't prepared for it. There also, you go. I, I would say my,
1: my my thats true. What that what that fellow said, and and again, he knows way more than I do. What I would suggest is where are the adjustments?
0: Exactly. Where,
1: where are the in game adjustments? You can't go up there like the three guys I talked about and just keep having the same loopy swing at the same pitch. Try something different. Again, I'm not that guy. I wasn't that guy. But something's got to change. And, and the, the positive, though, on this is before he took Dolander out of South Carolina, you will not see a college team have three days in a row of that dominating pitching. Yep. Lindsey, Dolander, yep. and Bean completely shut down, embarrassed, frankly, the number two team in the country at their own place.
5: So I'm so that ha- can
0: happen again. I want to ask this. I want to ask. I want you, Sean and Brian and me. I want us to think about it. but I'm going to ask a listener as well. Give me a letter grade now that the this portion of the schedule is concluded. Because look, a lot of this, what this baseball team is and does, is going to be judged from here. The last two national champions, and I'm not annexing it, I'm just pointing it out. The last two national champions in the sport, the last two were teams that were disgraced in the SEC tournament. Not, not, and they went out in a lot worse fashion than Tennessee did yesterday. And they both won the Natty. Six of the eight teams last year that made it to Omaha were non-hosting teams. I'm not here to give you any reason for Because, look, when Blake Burke has one more RBI than Cal Stark, you're just not going to win. You're just not. And I'm not putting it all on him. When your leadoff hitter has struck out 43 times in 31 games and continues to bat leadoff, you're, you're just not consistently, you're just not going to win against good competition. And to boot, the guy's not a good fielder. He's okay. But, you know, you got to get on base. I mean, this, team's, this team had no traffic yesterday. And I'm not singling him out. But they had zero traffic. And they do that thing where when they look bad, they look bad. Look, if the Phillies over the weekend can bench Trey Turner... The Vols can certainly talk about putting Blake Burke on the bench as a way to get his attention. Or something. Just try something different. I mean, at what point is enough enough? So here's my question for you. What is, because despite everything that happened to them this year, and they took a circuitous route to the postseason, it looked at midseason-like. I said going into one of those, uh, I think it was the Vandy series, Hey, look, if Andy comes in here and puts it on Tennessee, it might be time to play the kids and look ahead to 2024. Now, I got ripped for that, but you were thinking what I was saying at the time. Now, they went out and had a nice finish of the season, and that's great. But here's the question for you. Really, I got two of them, and we got the next part of this hour to kick it around. The first thing is, Tell me, if you can, what your letter grade is for this team to this point. Give me a letter grade on the job Tony Valls and his, as his staff have done with this group to this point. Second question is, the SEC meetings are getting ready to happen. Oklahoma and Texas are going to be a part of it for the first time. Yesterday on here, we had SEC Mike on the program. Um... SEC Mike tells me yesterday that there is another scheduling, uh, what would you call it, scheme? I don't know. But the 3 plus 6 model is something we've been hearing about for months. Now there's a 1 plus 7 model where each team gets one permanent opponent. And then seven rotating opponents each year. And Mike says the math works out so that if you do that, every kid that stays four years would play home and away against everybody in the league, which makes sense. More variety. Now, obviously with a three-plus-six model, that's a nine-game league schedule. That's more palatable to me. Apparently there's been some blowback from the Floridas, from the Georgias, from the South Carolinas, some of these other schools that have uh, these—does uh, Oklahoma Bryant still play Oklahoma State every year, or will they when they go to this league? Have we, have we heard about? Uh, that? No, I, th- I don't. I don't think so. I don't think Oklahoma State wants anything to do with them when they jump leagues.
4: Are you kidding? From what I understand, yeah, well, I, I anyway, think uh,
0: yeah. So these standing traditional. Some, yes. The, the Louisville, Kentucky, these longstanding traditional games, apparently they and Nick Saban, according to SEC Mike, and I'm, I'm just going on what he says, um, but apparently they have been saying, no, the 3 plus 6 model doesn't work because there's a lot of inequity in it, and if we only have one permanent opponent, it's a lot more equitable because you rotate through the league quicker. I want your opinion on that we discussed it yesterday I wrote about it today over at tclub.team if you want to check it out and as best I could try to um, explain it uh, in my using my circular logic that I'm prone to Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. and then Nick Moyle's going to join us top of our next hour regarding Texas who comes in here this weekend Against the Lady Vols. And when the Lady Vols get to the College World Series, we're going to have a, as I said a couple months ago, people thought I was kidding, we're going to have a Lady Vol listener watch party. Where we can gather and watch our Lady Vols when they get to the College World Series. If they can get there. The Texas team they're playing is pretty darn good. so, And they come from a conference that's pretty good at it. Dominated, obviously, by Oklahoma who will soon be in this league. Brian, I haven't even thought about that. How would you like to be in the Lady va apparatus and know that that monster is getting ready to come into your league? That gathering storm is waiting off the coast to rock you like a hurricane, Brian.
4: Well, I hope they get to face that <clears throat> that gathering storm here in a couple of weeks.
0: I don't know about that. Be careful what you wish for, I think is the old saying, because they but I are, think, phew. I think that would be the...
4: Uh, let me think. Be next level. That would be the second game in a, that'd be the second game in the college world series if they got to him.
0: Gah! Cinco knew that. Cinco has that bracket memorized, don't you, Cinco? What bracket is that, Tony B? As we continue after this.
12: Have you heard the news? The Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools has a new day and time. Hop on the Big Yellow School Bus Saturdays at 10 a.m. right here on WKOM 101.7 FM to hear all about what's happening in and around Murray County Public Schools. The Big Yellow School Bus with Jack Cobb and Friends on Front Porch Radio, Saturdays at 10 a.m. on WKOM 101.7 FM.
8: This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to
0: 101.7 WKOM Columbia. TB back with you, 865 200 5402. Sean Sinclair and myself were talking at our pre production meeting a few moments ago uh, regarding uh, recruiting, and we'll get into that a little later on. But in the meantime, i got to stay on topic. And the topic today, and I'm talking about football recruiting. On, the topic today is simply this. I want a letter grade for that baseball team thus far, and then I want your thoughts on what's being bandied about, the 7 plus 1 model. And before we go to the phone, Sean, the seven, the 1 plus 7 model with uh, when it comes to the football schedule, are you for that or against that, Cinco? Give me your thoughts I on am, that.
1: I am 100% for that. All right, lay it on me. Well, I, I, for one, um, I have no desire or need to um, even the score with Alabama. It's it's okay. You know, they are what they are. Um, so getting them off of, uh, getting them, Georgia, and Florida away, if this is the defeatist mentality, so be it. But so our, our permanent would likely be Vandy or Kentucky. And probably Vandy. So then, you get to go around. I, I think it's a. I think it's a more, more honest representation. You know, as you go through, we've always talked about Georgia, all the way back to uh, Duly not scheduling anything. Yep. Uh, so so there's a, you, when you do the seven plus one as opposed to the three plus six. I, I don't have any other combinations in mind, but when you do the one plus seven, there's nowhere to hide. I mean, you're gonna. You're going to you're going to face the boogeyman, as you said, twice in a four year career. Yep. So sure. home and away, I think that's fantastic. Um, you're going to uh, is it a true round robin? No, but it's good. <clears throat> I also think that you need to have the Humpties in there uh, for development of players for a little bit of a break for. Uh, uh, for uh, trickle down money to some of these lesser schools, and also, if you're going to keep if you're going to keep going with a uh, if you're going to put nine, ten conference games in the SEC meat grinder, you're going to have to up the scholarship limits, or you're going to have to do something else to 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 get more bodies in there because it just look we're seeing this in baseball right now. Thank you, Maui Ahuna. Thank you, Merritt. Thank you, all these guys. I hear you. You were player of the year in your conference. Your average here. No offense. That's and, and that's amplified in football. You know, football in the SEC is just oh. Tennessee without their quarterbacks, without their two of their top receivers just beat the living without their linebacker beat the living hell out of clemson and made them like it that's not going to happen every game but it just it it, it does it just means more it's harder the nfl draft shows that year after year after year so long-winded i get it but i I think the one plus seven works out well Uh, i would like to see one of those other ones uh, mandated to be a power five game because I think intersectional games, whether it's first week of the year or moved in, I think that helps and even uh, evens up because I get it. Florida wants to play Miami. They want to play Florida State. I, I'm not so sure I understand the Georgia Georgia Tech deal, um, but I get South Carolina Clemson. I get that. And so we don't want to break that up. So um, that's my take.
0: I think that's a really good take. And, Brian, you've had a day to digest it. I'm going to ask you momentarily, but I'm going to the phones. A mandated Power 5 game. See, in our culture here at Tennessee, our our sports culture, we get the need for scheduling these games. We get the importance of it. The Georgia fan doesn't because they haven't down through the years. I was talking yesterday about how, it was the mid-2000s, 2010, 2009, till they'd even played a, a non-league game west of the Mississippi, a regular season game. In our, in our parlance here, that's, that's, that's crazy. That's crazy train stuff. But let's go to the phones. I digress because I digressed. The baseball team, I want a I wanna grade right now. This is not a final grade. This is a grade going into their final exam. And The final exam, by the way, is going to count about 45%. I don't know if Brian and Sean agree with that, but this is, a, this is a postseason deal now for this team. This team can make people really forget about this regular season, kind of like Rick Barnes basketball or basketball in general. I mean, this is kind of a tournament sport. Get in and let's go for it. And some would argue they've done a nice job to get to where they're going right now. Let's go to the phones. Hello and welcome into our first call. You're live on your Tony Basilio show. It's a Wednesday, and we're glad to have you. Hello. Hello, Tony. Is this me? It is
14: you. Go right ahead. Tony, this is Tony. Another Tony. Hey, T. Uh, And uh, I'm going to address your question. I think the the team itself, I'm going to give them a B, and I'm going to give the coaching staff a D. And uh, let me explain why I do that. I think that um, a big part of what we've seen this year is, is coaching. And how do we know it's not all on the players? Well, because at home they play very well, and I think that if you never show up on the road, it has to be partially mental. If you have a chance, like you had yesterday, to secure yourself a spot in the Super Regional and the host games, which you desperately need to do to move on, and you put up that stinker, it's it's mental. And uh, I, after saying that, I also say, Tony, I love you. I've been listening to you for twenty years since you were, since I moved here to Knoxville. And I have to say, I think you and your team there have a bit of a blind spot when it comes to. Tony, that the pain in your voices when you criticize the guy, it's just palpable. Look, I love the guy. I think we should give him a lifetime contract. But if this was Rick Barnes, that's right. you would be lambasting the that's guy. That's right. And I think he's amazing. I think that's but it fair. doesn't mean I, I think that he can't fair. do no wrong. Yeah. So let me add just a couple of other things quickly. One, yeah. I think, uh-huh. you know, look, he's obviously in the top tier of college coaches, mm-hmm. but I think that Maybe he's getting high on his own supply, maybe he's reading his press clipping. Something is gonna to have to change with this guy if they're gonna get over the hump. And I think that one thing I haven't heard people talk too much about is I think maybe some some of what we're seeing is a hangover from some of the nonsense last year, which I think I enjoyed just like you guys. But you know, if you have all that nonsense surrounding your program, all the daddy hats and the running around acting the pool, which again I enjoyed as a Sports fan and yep. entertainment fan. I'm for it. You know, you know, maybe the, you know, maybe the teams that you're playing against don't appreciate that, and it, you know, kind of comes around. What comes around goes around. I guess what I'm saying is actions have consequences, mm-hmm. and I haven't heard too many people talk about that. This isn't the same team mentally. Maybe they, it's a bit of a hangover after after last year, and also maybe the UMS are a little more sensitive to the nonsense and and call things a little bit more closely than they would and. Anyway, those are just my thoughts. I love you, Tony. I'd love to hear uh, what what you have to say about all that.
0: Thank you. Uh, on the, it's painful to criticize Tony Valls guilty as charged, but I still do it. Uh, on the uh, stuff coming home from last year to coming home to roost, there's no question. This team's got a target on them. They're the Tennessee baseball Vols. Whereas before they were just Tennessee baseball, now they're. We want to get these guys, and by the way, they're still doing some of the annex. You know, you hit a double, and you get on second base, and you do that whatever that thing is they do. And so guilty is charged over here. I think it's interesting you give the coaching staff a D to this point. I think that's a little harsh, but uh, Cinco, uh, your thoughts on what the gentleman just said, Tony, the caller?
1: Well, Tony, I um, and Tony the caller, I respect what you're saying. Uh, I have to say, I think it's a lazy take. And I think it's a common lazy cake, uh, simply because, um, well, in this show, I said the move to take Dolander out was horrific. It was it was just a it was a horrible decision. Um, this will be carrying no water, Tony B. I mean, uh, for Vitello, uh, I would give the I would give the team a C plus. Uh, I actually think you're seeing the frustration of Vitello because he can't push the buttons to these kids. Um, I think that, um, I believe that some things have contributed. One, you have uh, you have guys that they were counting on coming back didn't. That's part of baseball. Uh, jor Ortega likely could have been on this team. The shortstop could have been on this team. He took Kahuna. Um, Seth Stevenson could have been on this team. A um, couple things like that. Two, the you replace the whole position. Uh, is this is not this is not even close to the Tennessee Vols of last year. It's 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 a completely different team. And there's 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 no hangover in my opinion because there's nothing to be hungover about. Jared Dickey's the only person, and he was a he was a part time player last year. Because of injury and because of just other talent, so I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure I buy that. Um, you know, is, is I think his term was, "Is it getting to his head a little bit?" You know, Vitello is the is the reigning two time d- defending Intercontinental National Coach of the Year by different services. So you know, I don't know about that. And what I do think is, I think there was some nonsense. Uh, when we were trying to get transfer guys, uh, Paul Skeens was looking to come here. Tommy Tanks was looking to come here, and that's when the NIL stuff got shut down by Danny White. I'm not blaming Danny White. Uh, so we took some other players, and those players have not lived up to what we thought. Um, did he? Did he? Did is the roster void? of guys like Drew Gilbert or guys that'll, you know, take out a guy at second base and deal with it. Yeah, it is. Um, But uh, I don't think Vitello's strengths are in-game, and I'm just going to say it. I don't think he's the greatest with feel for pitchers. Um, But who's the total package? I don't know who is. I mean, he's got the number one recruiting class coming in this year. Uh, playing in a subpar SEC stadium in uh, with a history of nothing in baseball,
0: it's incredible. And you know so, what? Uh, I agree yeah. with you, Sean. I think the guy, I think, I think Tony. If you pulled him aside this year and said, "What kind of year have you had?" You know, Blake Burke. We know his strikeout numbers and or his uh, you know lack of RBIs and this and that. He's not had a good year. Tony Vols. Nope. When they walk out to that mound. And him and Frank this year, they just haven't had a. They just have not had a feel for this deal this year. I don't know what that is, but as well, some think, days are better than sure. others. They just haven't had a good year. Well, I think also the thing is, I mean, I've heard people criticizing Frank
1: Andrew. Are you kidding? I mean, you you can see what's going. Dolander was not ready for this kind for the for the accolades. The kid went to Georgia Southern because his brother was there. He was discovered. He came here. He got to sit behind a true freshman on a Saturday, and deal. There was no pressure on him. When likely Beam was the most consistent starter last year, and then this year, as he's talked. He before the year, it was talked about that he was the best college pitching prospect in Strasburg. That was thrown at any number of times. No doubt. He will. He would go mano and mano with Dylan Cruz, two-time SEC player, perhaps one of the greatest players ever to play in the SEC uh, for the number one pick. That's heady stuff, man. That that's a lot. And then for some reason, we moved him to Friday when he was comfortable on Saturday. They flip flop Burns and it, I don't know why. The only thing you could think of is that that because he was such a high pick, they they just put him there to reward him or something i'm not questioning it but i don't understand why that was burns lost his way a little bit i'm not sure why um but it was made up for by lindsey uh it's just it you know sometimes it just doesn't work out Uh, but I, i guarantee you this i guarantee you he came on this show last year after the season and talked openly with you about lessons learned about the nonsense of his of, of his team and his program, he did. He paid the price for those nonsense with the Maui Yohona thing. Uh, Corbin and the Van Horn got to the SEC and got to some other people to try to clip his wings a little bit. Those things happened, and I think I think he's also learned a lot this year about really researching getting his kind of guys uh, because. Amen, um, Sean. Ain't everybody there were some transfers that are or, or that there are some new people that aren't his type of guys
0: let's go
4: let's, let's go back to the phone one us- one quick thing I want to throw in here you talk about the antics he mentioned but a lot of these teams that are apparently throwing in a target copied those antics. That Tennessee did last year. Amen. They got.
0: They developed their own type of. Amazing. I saw the team yesterday. They played. Had a luggage. So cart I don't or buy something. that part of it. Did you see the luggage cart, or is that another game I was watching, Brian? Where a kid hit a home run and they pushed him in a luggage cart? Let's go back to the phones. <laughs> I think it was uh, the Kentucky game last night. I was watching. And by the way, I'm cheering for that Alabama team from here to win that th- to win that deal. And if we can't win this year, I want that Alabama team to win the national championship. And here's why: their coach sold them out. Nobody talks about that. Nobody doing these games talk their coach Judas them. I want those kids to go off and win. If we can't win it, I'm saying right now on the record, I want Alabama to win the championship. Yeah. Hello. And I want I want to yeah.
1: conclude real quick with a, yeah. I appreciate the caller Tony's call. I appreciate his I take. It him. A lazy I, take. I I think him. it's I think it's low-hanging fruit. You are ripping.
0: Well, well, I ripped his take. Let's get our next call in. Tony called you a lazy caller. Hello, and welcome into our next call. Host
15: ripping callers. I've never heard of such a thing. Yeah, it this doesn't happen Taylor. around
0: here. Doesn't happen around here.
15: Tony, uh, anybody accusing you of being soft on Coach Tony Balls uh, has not been listening. Because as I stated, uh, you spared no expense to rip him at every every opportunity.
0: Well, I don't know about that. I mean, come on now. It can't be both ways, Tony. He was.
15: Coach Tony Vols was very happy that you weren't on the show last week, and uh, he even made a comment that uh, maybe it wouldn't be as controversial, and he just certainly wasn't on the hot seat. But anyway, let's move along, Tony. Uh, I, think, uh, I think I give this, this team a, a B, maybe even a B-plus, as well as the coaching staff. Uh, the misnomer is that we've replaced uh, eight starters. We've replaced all nine in the hitting lineup, and here's why, Tony. People forget that Berkey and Moore essentially were in a DH platoon last year. So the, the beautiful thing was is they didn't have to hit against lefties or righties and uh and that masked some deficiencies. Uh, so we've replaced all nine in the hitting lineup and we ended up uh, the last half of the SEC season at eleven and four. That's absolutely outstanding. Tony Vols hates the transfer portal. He's admitted that he he thinks of it as a necessary evil and that's what it's absolutely become. We have three transfer portal players. Two out of the three are Tony Vols guys. One is not. I'll let the fans decide. The one that's a, that's a mystery. Well, you read the body it language. You just read people. the body
0: language. You can read the body language. Well, yeah, absolutely. it is what it is. I mean, I mean think... we, we deal. I deal on the truth here, and I, I don't. I don't play. We don't play on here. I'm not here to cover for anybody. Read the body language. You, you can look out well, for I just yourself.
15: Just want to make sure everyone knows that uh, that certainly. The third baseman and the DH left field are, are Tony Valls type of guys. They're good clubhouse guys. They're great teammates. They hustle. They're aggressive. They do they do what yep. Tony Vols needs to be done, and uh, they're very they're very well liked throughout the the program. Uh, with that said, Tony, um, they took the road series at South Carolina. They they beat Kentucky. This fan has watched every inning of of every game. Most yep. of those in person. Yep. I give this team a B, possibly a B plus. Again. I, there's probably no team in the history. I would love you to ask Berkey this. There's probably no team in modern-day college baseball history that had to replace all nine in the hitting lineup and have been anywhere ranked in the top 20. The preseason polls are an absolute joke. They are. Tony Ball's told you and everyone all along that this was not a top-five program, nor should it have been. Uh, the sheep were eating up the returning pitching staff. And let's talk about that, Tony. This isn't an excuse, but this is a fact. Trackman. Has absolutely squeezed the strike zone in college baseball. We're not getting a uh, we're not getting a baseball off the black. We're getting just that 18 inches of the plate. There's no leeway. Consistently, the strike zone has been sc- squeezed because of TrackMan. These uh, umpires know that they're being crucified and graded according to TrackMan. And I'll tell you, we've lived on the black. We've lived on the edge, and that's what that's what good pitchers do. And I would submit to you that that's one of the biggest changes this year that's impacted our starting pitching and our ERA. I, I submit it, it's a combination of track man, the umpire squeezing the strike zone, and certainly the, you know, the, the, frankly, the, the, the pitching is out, right? They've got the, they've got the book on our pitchers. They know what to expect. They've, they've been in those, you know, automated pitching machines with VLO. Uh, the, the simulators, all the advanced technology that, that gives a lot of advantage to the hitter. But that's us just face it, the college game has changed and the strike zone is, uh, is extremely tight this year. And that's impacted the advantage we had it, in our starting pitching. Last thing, Tony, on the way out, uh, I would say for Regionals, let's move Scott to lead off. That kid's earned it. He's got the plate discipline. He's got the, the he's improved in his hitting. He's a leader. Let's move him to the one spot. Let's move Ahuna down to the nine spot. Uh, I like Berkey in the seven spot and, uh, let's roll with that lineup. And I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that this team again ended 11 and four the second half. They're going to take a week off. This is, this rest is maybe the best thing that's ever happened to us. And let's get a week's worth of rest. That's practice. That's working our deficiencies. I'd love to see Redmond Walsh and, uh, and Kirby Connell do a lot of uh, pitching and BP. Uh, because we know our deficiency is, is lefties that throw good, good, good curveballs, and uh, let's go all in, Tony. I got, I came down and got to watch five outs. Drove all the way from Atlanta. Oh
3: my
2: gosh! To watch
15: five outs yesterday, and planned to, to at least see two or three more baseball games. <laughs> that happens. It's baseball. Absolutely, uh, this team's going to come back.
0: Go balls. Peace, brother. Back to the phones. We go. Next call in. Hello and welcome. You're live on your Tony Basilio show. Hi.
15: Hey, Sonny, Sean, Ronnie, trusty. Morning. Uh, the, the team probably gets a, a B, B-plus is a fair assessment for where they're at right now, for what they did. what they have, where they are, yep. For, for where they That's that's fair. I mean, if you make the NC tournament and you're going to be, you know, a, a two seed in a region, that's probably a B or B-plus. Um, How about the coaching? I don't love the, don't, me, don't love the a- excuse that we replaced our entire lineup, we brought, we brought an SEC starter in as a transfer. We brought a common player in as a starter. Yep. Uh, we brought a big 12 player of the year in as a starter. And we returned Dickie, Moore and Burke, who had a ton of bats. dickie was probably our best hitter last year on the team um, before the ankle injury. Um, so I'm not saying our lineup was bereft of talent, but there is truth that it, that it's, it was a new chemistry to be built. But I think, I think we're making some excuses whenever we say our lineup was like totally overhauled. We, we were, we're, we're, we're trying to defend that we haven't been great this year. Um, Blake Burke needs to, I don't know, take some freaking pitches. I mean, that kid is just swinging at everything. To me, his biggest problem right now is he's swinging too freely, too much and at everything. It, I, I would like to see him strike out on three pitches where he didn't swing at any of them. I'd, I'd be fine with that a couple times, because right now pitchers are just laughing at him because they they know they can throw anything and he'll swing at it, and they maybe need to worry that maybe he's going to take some stuff.
0: I'm telling you, Rusty, if ever there was a case where you sit a guy down, it's this guy. You can't have 11 RBIs in 31 games, hit two oh five in college baseball it, against your elite competition. When they were, I don't
16: think he's sitting down, Tom. I don't,
0: I
15: don't, I don't think you I I, I hear where you're coming from. I just don't think you do it because. He's still the guy on the lineup that you're like, he could run into a couple fastballs and change games. When? And, uh, when? Well, I mean, hey. When? Uh, when? Tell me when. He's got 11 RBIs. Run into a the couple pitches. I got an example. Eddie Rosario had hit like 175 a couple of years ago, comes to Atlanta, and in the NLCS, he bats like 750. Yeah, they made I mean, a change. Guys have, guys have right. two weeks where they go crazy when they got talent. That's, that, that's it, and you never know.
0: Well, but at some point, you got to hit the reset button with a guy. You sit him down and go, look, your new season starts and next time I start you. Now, maybe it's getting a week off here. Maybe that's going to help. Could be. Maybe that's part of the reset issue. If I'm them, I don't even know if I let him go hit in the cage for a couple days. He just needs – he looks to me like a guy that's so far in his own head, and he's taking five at-bats every at-bat. You can tell. Those guys start yeah. scoreboard-watching. Oh. A kid like that, that's totally messed with his mind that he's hit 205 this year.
15: I mean, he's trying to hit – right now, he's trying to hit five home runs every play defense. Yeah. Because he's worried about stats. He needs to and and just worry about putting – he needs to go up there and worry about putting good at bats together, and the no. numbers will come. I don't want to that's send him, a, him to punish him.
0: For the record, I don't want to send him to punish him. I want to send him to reset to him. help him. Yes, you want to help him. I get re- but, You keep throwing the guy out there. He's he, you watch a guy drowned every day. I mean, that's what he does. What but, happened but, yesterday? Watching this guy bat. I mean, you feel bad for him. You know, go out and hug him. Here's a lifesaver, kid. I, I get you, Tony V. Or Tony V. Though you got to be thinking, Tony V.
15: thinking this. Do I, do I keep playing Blake Burke, or do I put Ethan Payne in the lineup? That's the option, is do you play Ethan Payne at first base and let him be in the lineup instead of Blake Burke? I, I know Burke's struggling, but I yeah. mean, which would you rather do if you're Tony V?
0: Well, and optionality is a real interesting thing because Matt Dixon said, Tony, I hear what you're saying about Stark, batting Stark in the ninth inning in that spot, but dryling and tears combined don't hit off lefties. They haven't all year. And and you might give Jazz Love his sixth SEC at bat of the year. He said this team is just landlocked in terms of optionality. Which is why you have yeah, so mean- many left handed bats. Sean, that's a good point, isn't it? It's it's true. It
1: could be true. I mean you you, you could also look at the beginning of the year and say, Hey man, you got so many you got so many lefties because we we play a lot of right-handed pitchers. I mean, it's it, it, the reason we're talking about this is because one, players aren't living up to their progression or their accolades when they came in. Two, the defense has just been—I'm going to say it—it's been atrocious. It tightened up in the defense in the outfield once Inslee got out there, but the whole of the infield, including the catcher is so below average for an SEC team, in my opinion, it's ridiculous. And I think, again, I'm not carrying water for these coaches. I like them, but I'm not going to do that. But I think sometimes you have to have some accountability as a player. Yep. Take, take some extra BP. Do something. I mean, get out there. It's You cannot be a 200-hitter... As a catcher or first baseman in the SEC, you you can't do that. You can't be a middle infielder in the SEC and routinely boot
0: every day every day grounders. You can't do it. And this team somehow, Rusty has all that and more. And they're in the and they're in the. Uh... And they're in the playoff, and people are on here giving Tony Vols a day, Rusty, a day. Yeah, yeah, t- Tony. That's not, crazy. T-
15: Tony, t- Tony's had a b year. I mean, he, he's done a lot of good things with his team. His pitching moves haven't been great, but those no. are all hindsight things. I mean, sometimes okay. you get them right, sometimes you get them wrong. Every pitcher goes to the mound wondering, "Am I making the right decision?" And Every he this year
0: it would tell you. That he's pushed a lot of wrong buttons, and that happens. You know, and and I think coaches, an get in, coaches get in coaches get in streaks just like players get in streaks. That, that Rob Thompson guy last year with the Philly stretch drive, he had a magic wand when he walked out to that mound. He would point yeah. out there and get the right. This year, it's the exact opposite. This year, I'm ready to absolutely run that guy out of town. The top. Well, one. you know, a, no a, you know plenty another plenty. thing you could
1: another thing you could make an argument for, and I think it's a legitimate argument is that, and I, look, Tony Vitello is one of, if not the best, recruiters in the country. Yep. I mean, that's they, No doubt about it. He's one of the best, if not the best, program builders in the country. He, he does a lot of things at the very best. Yes. The past two years, there have been so much talent on this team that I think you could make the argument that it masked some of the end game inexperience or lack of feel or whatever that he may have. I mean, you, you take a look. He's, he talks about how pitching is Frank Anderson. Whether it's true or not, he's come on this show and say, I just leave that to Frank. Elander runs the offense. I just give that to Coach e. I don't There's think. There's nothing that. wrong with that. He's a, mean, he's a CEO type who does what he does. In the past two years, Jordan Beck just had the second consecutive player of the week in his league. He's going off. He's going up. Drew Gilbert is he's moving he's up off. the ranks. You have Hunley and all those guys to pass to. You. I mean, come on. So, you know what? Are we going to rip the guy for the 10% of his job that he's not great in? They were giving him know. a day.
0: A day, and call me a sheep. Think, Oh, a day. Uh, that's, a, that's, that's,
1: a, a, that's, that's a rough one. I, F- I, I, I stand by C+. I think uh I think when you when you play defense that poorly Man. I think the program. How do you, you, know, how the do you thing, make the playoffs when you have that defense? If we, if we go through, if we go through, um, if we can get out of a regional, uh. and then just and then get look. Uh-huh. If we can, no, they look. Here is another thing. Look at this. What? No credits given to Anderson for he took. A, he's taken two guys, especially Lindsay, that didn't even play ball last year. Those guys, were thinking of, those guys were thinking about giving up baseball. And, and Lindsey put in one of the most yeah. dominant performances I've ever seen in a Tennessee uniform. And he's a, Friday, he's a plug-in Friday night starter. Rusty, Senko got
0: wordy. I got 30 seconds for you. Hit it. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, whoever we go play I'm in
15: the sorry. regional, you think they're going to be happy seeing us as their 2 Heck
0: no. Take care. And I want to go to Coral Gables. Name it and claim it. This team needs good weather. This team needs sunshine on my shoulders, John Denver, making me feel good or making me happy, whatever the lyric is. If you'll remember last year, Ole
4: Miss had to go there, and their regional was delayed by, I think, a tropical storm.
0: The TLD Logistics phone lines are burning it up. TLD Logistics online at TLDlogistics.com. I want to go to Miami, Miami. Uh, that's not vince gill that's uh, who made miami miami that's uh, the late great keith whitley thank you very little uh 865-200-5402 again 865-200-5402 if you want to join us love to hear from you today the lines are burning up here's a question for you i want a letter grade and we're going to continue the conversation because nick moyle's been called away i want to continue the conversation here here's the conversation Give me a letter grade on this team right now. They're getting ready to get and and, and granted, A great deal of the grade is still out there, but you have to evaluate where they are heading into the postseason. And when it comes to the football schedule, Sean Sinclair just came out. He's on the record of saying he likes the one and seven better than the three and six. The one and seven gives you more flexibility for scheduling, but he would add a caveat, and that's that it, every league member has to play. And make an honest run at playing a power five team. You don't just stack your schedule with uh what Kentucky does. No offense to the Stoops guy. But that dude that dude sta- that dude missed his calling. He should have been Georgia's athletic director. So we take a brief timeout and come back on the other side breaking it down scientifically, moving left to right and right to left across your dial. It's your Basilio Show on a Wednesday, often imitated, never, and I mean never, never duplicated.
14: This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee.
17: Each week on History's Hook,
15: we'll be bringing you interesting and informative stories from the past in an effort to connect the history in our own backyard to the big events that compose national and world history. I'm your host, Tom Price. This is not your high school history class. We're going to make history fun and compelling. We're going to get you hooked.
12: History's Hook with your host, Tom Price, Saturdays at 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. right here on WKOM 101.7 FM Front Porch Radio. Join us for a journey through time.
9: This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.
0: Yeah, Owen wants to get involved in that tonight. 20 bucks all you can eat on a Wednesday. That's good. I like that. That's good right there. That's a very good spot from the Smokies as I welcome you back. They're home all week through Monday of next week. Rice fans, rice fans, rice fans. It's Redhead Friday. I was trying to get Laura to go out to Redhead Friday. She gave me a dirty look last night when I asked her if she wanted to go to Redhead Friday. Let's go back to the phones and get our next call in. I'm looking for a letter grade for the baseball team to this point. And I'm looking for, what's the other thing I'm looking for? Oh, your thoughts on the 1 plus 7 SEC football schedule. Hello and welcome into our next call on a Wednesday.
18: Hey Tony, it's Holly
0: in Hoover. Holly, my <laughs> lovely wife looked at me last night. She loves you first of all. She said, "Tony, I feel terribly right now for Holly." Oh. she said she got what? that as a Christmas gift. I said, "What?" She said, "Don't you listen?" She got that as a Christmas. She said, "What does she do now for the rest of the tournament?" So, what do you do, Holly? What do you do? What do you and the rest of the all faithful do for the rest of the tournament?
18: Well, I don't know, but I uh, I appreciate her kind words because I feel like I went to the biggest college fraternity party and had way too much PG alcohol back in the day and had the worst hangover after a date with a guy I didn't like. Ooh, it was awful. It it was
0: was terrible. That game was – and one thing about our team, again, I'm going to quote my wife, when they're bad – they are leave the stadium bad, Holly. When they get that body language going, that mopey look they have, and I just knew early on, I was like, these guys are not going to hit the baseball today. It's just not going to happen.
18: Yeah, for me, it was pretty evident sitting there, but of course I didn't see it on TV, so I don't know how it looked on TV sure it was bad there too, but a couple of things I wanted to to clarify. First of all, whoever's the ding-dong that says, that Tony V is a D coach. They need to just like ban him for life from the Tennessee balls. That's ridiculous. And um, the the team, I think, is a B minus, or maybe a C plus. I don't know. I think that the coaches still are really good. I think they're B plus. But uh, Tony said a lot of stuff in the post game, and I went back and played it last night after we got back to the hotel and. Uh, it, you know, he, you could tell he was irritated. And I always listen between, try to listen between lines because I think a lot of people in his position, you know, you can't get up there and say, oh, so and so was a jerk and I was a jerk or whatever. They can't, they can't do that. So you kind of listen to their diplomatic ways they say things. And he was, he was really irked. They were letting the, the Little bitty crowd that was there. And I tell you, in the rain, it got thinner and thinner. Mm. But the people that were yelling at our team were not ball fans. The ball fans were clearly there. Uh, We were, oh, gosh, we were 20 to 1 as far as ball fans at the game. There was a little bitty, tiny bunch of very loud uh, A&M guys. And then there were a bunch of guys, and it was all pretty much men that were, uh, I noticed LSU guys and men and all. And I believe, cause I saw one or two of them yelling, which is fine. I think it's baseball, but I think those are the ones that were making the nasty comments that were really getting under the the team's skin because I didn't see anybody in orange doing anything, but, you know, trying to pump them up and be behind the team.
0: You know, Tony, Tony needs to clarify that when he goes out before, uh, Next time he's in front of a microphone, in my opinion, because that's that's going to be criticized as calling your fans out, and you'd never want to do that. And, and they're and I did not have the context to be in there, so I had to assume that's what he was because that's the way he made it. that's the way it sounded coming out of his mouth.
18: Well, you had contact with him, so make sure he knows that because it was not that way. And you know, the rain that's was a dreadful. Good, that's a good
0: clarification. It, Thank you, Holly.
18: And uh, the, uh, because so many people left, you know, you, you had the best seats in the house. Oh, yeah. And we stood around, sat around for two hours. And so I, I got to look at everything. And I loved going down and looking at the dugouts and all. And I can tell you, A&M walked into that place. They had nothing to lose. They were, like, getting ready. It was like those boys looked like They were ready. To win that ball game and then go to Florida for a week on spring break. They were having fun. They were so mouthy in their dugout. That's awesome. I can't tell you how loud they were. In fact, so much so I couldn't believe that the refs never said anything to them. Now, I was on Tennessee side, so I don't know if we were running our mouths, but they definitely were. And, um, it, and you did see that silly, um, uh, golf, not golf cart, uh, suitcase cart. They were running it thing backwards and forwards, and backwards and forwards. And I was like, "What do you mean,
0: world?" And we started all but, that, by the way, Tennessee with the props and that that whole thing. And there's as a kid hits a home run or gets a hit, they put him in the golf cart and push him down. Their deal, Holly. I, I just look at our team and I go, I still wouldn't want to play them. I want them to play in South Florida. I think we'd have some fans that would show up to that. We've been projected yep. to go to Miami. That would be that was where Ole Miss started their deal last year. I would love to see Tennessee playing some warm weather because when the climate's not right, this team is not going to p- perform. Perform. They're just not. And I don't know why that is, but it is what it is.
18: Well, I want to ask you one thing, too. Yeah. I don't ever call out the, the boys because yeah. they're young
0: men. They're kids, but- right.
18: Yeah, and I this, this Mary Ahuna thing has really bugged me because, yes. you know, it was so good and all. My little nephew plays baseball, and I always sit next to him at the games because he's pretty smart. I learn things from him. Mm-hmm. So when he, uh, you know, Ahuna was number one at bat, and my little nephew really wasn't familiar with him this year, and I said, you don't know who that is? And so I was kind of feeling him in. Well, he looked up at the scoreboard. He said, why is he number one on the chart? He said his, whatever y'all call it, that was point two something something. He said, Holly, that's not good. And I said, no, it's not. I said, he's had a rough year. And I said, I think he's going to strike out. Well, of course, he struck out, I think, the whole game. But his body language, was unbelievable he looked he looked like a whipped dog every time he went up to back and every time he came in I don't know what's going on but there's something going on with that team it was it was it was just very very strange to me I didn't get that feeling from any of the other boys that would you know come in and come in and I was right up there with my clothes because there was nobody in the stadium it was unbelievable to
0: watch the body language. Body language one thing about sports and you you employed you told me you employed people down through the years. Body language in sports does not lie. You can tell when teams nope. are in and when they're out, or when they're half in and half out. And Tennessee yesterday from the very beginning of that game just looked they just looked out of sync. They looked off. Uh, and they did not look confident. Uh, it doesn't mean they weren't playing hard. doesn't mean they weren't engaged. And Maui Ahuna just looks like a – some people in that sport would call him like a low-energy guy, which is, I guess, okay, if that's kind of who you are. But Tennessee, low-T guy? Tennessee doesn't need low-energy guys, though, on this yeah, baseball team. They just don't
18: trivia, or just a little tidbit of information after the game, I have never seen the Tennessee bus ever leave a game as fast as it did yesterday. They were out of that ballpark. I hardly got out of the stadium. And, again, I had my little nephew with me, so he wanted to go over and, you know, see the boys and everything.
4: I want to get out of Alabama. Yeah,
0: I, I don't blame them, Holly.
18: Man, they were they were nice, to you know, the fans. Yeah, and oh, sure. They were out of there so fast and something else I noticed and I wondered if you guys could fill me in on this. Tony didn't get on the bus with boys. He was in a black SUV like kind of like a VIP where you see somebody a VIP going to an airport or something. And I got to thinking I think it was Elander got everything. Do you think that they took off immediately to go
0: recruiting? Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what they're doing.
18: I think so too because the boys went back to the hotel and I did see his mom and dad there and they gave him a hug and said, see you later, son, like he was leaving. So well, Holly, if you'll,
0: remember, if you'll remember last year, the accusation was that Tennessee made contact with Maui Ahuna during the SEC tournament. Now, that's that was the accusation. I will tell you this, and I'm not saying that's what they're doing, but if you're not in the spare moments that you get when your team gets knocked out, if you don't get on that trail and go ob- observe and evaluate either college players, junior college players, uh, schools, uh, guys in lower divisions who are in action this week, this weekend, you're not doing your job. So I would I would venture to guess, not knowing that that is probably what they were doing. My guess would be when you said that, those guys were getting on the road and taking advantage of, hey, look, and they probably had a contingency plan. If we get knocked out, Josh, you'll go here, I'll go there, let's look at so-and-so. Surely they have a board of people that they're involved with. I was telling the guys here off the air that these teams within this league are poaching around on each other's rosters, and it's gonna. You watch this offseason; it's gonna be an issue. Uh, and I hope Tennessee well, comes out on top in that. They should. I mean, they've got a, they've got a fan base that's that's in now, and they've got an NIL program that's pretty robust. So they mm-hmm. should fare well, well there.
18: There wasn't anything wrong with the fan base yesterday. Oh, yeah. I no! I, wa- I mean, I was watching, and I stood around for two hours, and. There's nothing wrong with the balls, and there's nothing wrong with our coaching staff. Maybe the boys are just not gelled or something. But I just had to put those couple of points in. Thank you, Holly. It was a miserable, miserable day.
0: Are you going to any more games, or are you going home?
18: Well, I've got tickets, so we've been
0: Go and enjoy it. Go cheer for that Alabama team. Their coach sold them up the river.
18: I kind of feel that way, too. And I've never cheered for Alabama for anything in my life, but I kind of feel that way. And I'm watching out because if the balls go to the Coral Gables thing, I'm headed there. But Boom. But we, we enjoyed it, and it was, but it was miserable. Holly, <laughs> was thank you. Leave our coaching staff
0: alone. Thank you, Holly. Yeah, that poor caller from the first hour, Sean, Sean has just gotten lamb blasted, as they uh, say in the trade. Let's go back to the phones. So, Cinco, that's a good clarification. That wasn't. According to Holly now, who was right there, that's a good clarification, Sean. That wasn't our fans that was doing it. Uh, Tony needs to, I think, understand that it wasn't our fans that were doing it and maybe clarify that because that's not good when you're saying things like that. People will hold that against you uh, when times are tough.
1: Look, he's a highly emotional guy that wears his emotions on his sleeves. He wears his emotions on his face. And he wears his emotions in his voice. It's just the way he is, and I appreciate that. And, you know, he gives it all. No one wants to win more than him. A lot of people want to win as much, but no one wants to win more. And he wants to see his guys succeed. He's frustrated. Uh, But this program has earned the right to be chirped at. Because we talk as much trash through the years as that's any other program point, yeah. that's ever been in baseball, yeah. and you know what? You dish it out, you got to take it back to and the so, phones. So, uh, we go, and that's, that's, yeah. and that's college baseball. That's a, that's what he talks about. He wants the rowdies and our things. So, and, well, and you know, by like, the
0: way, and by the way, Tony's polarizing, and he knows it, and he doesn't care. Like when it comes I to yeah, I love it what he does within the league, what he does politically within the league. Uh, the way that he gets kind of ganged up on by other coaches be why because he's an excellent recruiter he's brash and if he sees a player on your roster that he wants uh, you know I mean he, I, I, Tony's going to do well in this era with these guys jumping around. He's not going he's gonna get his licks in let's put it that way. Hello and welcome into our next call.
5: Hey Tony JT from Burrow hey JT
0: um, and Burrow welcome in.
5: All right, a couple things. I'm going to give him a B, a B-minus and uh, on the coaching and the team. And a couple things. Number one, Frank is a great pitching coach. He's done a great job with Lindsey. Uh, he's really come on. He's done a, a great job with Dolander and Burns last year. And, of course, Beam's a good guy, too. He's done a good job with him. I think overall he's done a good job with the pitching staff. My question is, with the pitchers this yeah. year, How come Burns doesn't have a third pitch? How come Dolander doesn't have an all-speed pitch? Now, the other day against South Carolina, Dolander was the best I've seen him all year. You need an all-speed pitch. You watch these guys. You know, Bean's got about four pitches. Yep. When he's on, he's unhittable. Yep. Uh, So that's that's one thing on the pitching. You know, make them do that on the hitting. Y'all nailed it on the hitting. These guys, we can't hit a left-hander, and it throws junk.
0: We just can't. And, and and listen, if I was playing us in a regional, if I had a kid in my pen that was like a Kirby Cannell, kind of a, a low-velocity junk ball pitcher, I would be inclined to start that kid against us and say, how far can you go? Because the kid from Georgia who was the, the off-speed junk pitcher, we couldn't hit him. After their their starter got hurt on that Saturday game, if that first if that starter would have stayed in that game, we were getting ready to rock him about six to one before they took him out. The 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 next kid that came in we couldn't hit him. Yesterday's kid we had no chance against. I mean junk ballers that pitch from the left side, we're not hitting those guys. If I had one of those dudes on my roster, I would be inclined almost to start him against us. Cinco wants to make a point though about Frank Anderson and his pitching staff. Yeah, come Go on. ahead. come Go on, ahead, ahead, Cink. Hit it, sink
1: Well, a couple things. I think that you know, first of all, these guys can hit, but if you can't if you're having trouble against a junk ball pitcher, that's just time in the cage. I mean that that's that's, that's you gotta work that out. I mean I'll remind everybody that the number one pick in the draft this year's been McDonald left the game, I believe, at LSU, and the, and the score was tied 2-2. And so, you know, we've got it there. It just so happens that, you know, these guys, some of our guys are slumping, and they can turn it around. But what I would say about pitching is you look at, you show me a program that hasn't lost a starting pitcher over the past two or three years. Most times, preseason, Tommy John this, Tommy John that. We haven't had any injuries. We've had—I know the Wyatt Evans. I mean, the Evans kid's not playing this year, but I don't, I don't know if that's an injury. I don't know if that's growth. I don't know whatever you know whatever is going on. But you know what, Our our three guys typically line up on the mound on the weekend and Maybe midweek nice. guys, and they get stronger. You take a look. You take a look at that Russell kid. That Russell kid wasn't a out of Franklin. He wasn't a he wasn't a top draft pick. That kid comes in 6'6". Six, six. He's got a, He's got a very nice motion. Beginning of the year, he was ninety two. He was popping 95, 96 last night. So I think I, I think I did, it, it, this is off. just a, this is just an off year. Um, I just I, I would say this. I have noticed this year that you say about off speed pitches. I get that, and and, they, and perhaps they are developing more. Um, I mean, our our guys come in here, and, and then all of a sudden they get sliders. I mean, that, that seems to be a Frank Anderson deal. But what I've noticed is I've noticed early on in the year, Burns and what's-his-face were shaking off a lot more pitches than they were last year. And I, I, think, I, I think they need to get a little more narrow focus. Whatever pops up on that wristband, throw it. Quit you know, thinking, throw it.
0: You know, the problem with Burns, uh, guys, is... <clears throat> When you can tell when he's going to go well because when he's able to command his fastball, he's going to go well. When he's not able to command that fastball and they're able to sit on his slider, he's going to get hammered. And that's what happened over the weekend. They started hitting him hard again. He was back in that mode. Yeah. Uh, let me throw this at you and I'll let
5: somebody else come on, Tom. Um, you got it. Let's talk about philosophy of heating. I want to get Sean and Dino in on this. It seems like to me, and It's a different era in baseball, and we've hit a lot of home runs, and we live and die with a home run, no question. But when we get two strikes, why can't we learn to, like some of these other teams, just to, you know, foul off, foul off, foul off, and then try to slap one, you know, and choke the bat up and move the ball somewhere and still strike out so much? Why? That's got to be philosophy. Same thing with the off-speed pitchers. Take them to opposite field. You can't pull – uh, if you're a left-handed batter and a left-handed pitcher throwing jump, you can not hardly pull that pitch. You got to take it to left center. Y'all agree with all that? I
0: totally agree. And and Maui Hunter I do. Uh, I, yeah, Maui Hunter over the I think, weekend had a big bobble. You're talking bubble. about a talent issue, though, yeah. because you you look at the previous two to three years. What we
1: were known for as a team, and Elander was known for, was getting a starter out at the fourth inning or fifth inning. Because we took so many pitches, we grinded them out. Liam Spence, Ferguson—I've said before—the guys last year they would just keep—they would do what you're saying, foul and foul. Now, what I'll say here is that this year it hasn't been the greatest year, but what you have noticed, or what I've noticed, is that guys—not especially Dickey and some others—taking advantage of the shift. You—you haven't seen that a lot in baseball. Yeah, Dickey did that. That's true. Well, Burke yeah. does it too. I mean, he's had an off year, but Burke Burke shot a couple through the six hole or down the third baseline. Um, now, I don't think he's a. I don't think Blake Burke is a three-hole hitter. I think he's nope. a five-hole guy because he's just not consistent enough. And he, and you know, what he's a home run hitter. So, but but I think I, well, I agree good. exactly what you're saying. But I think it's a talent issue. I just don't think these guys are as good as the guys we're used to. Sorry. Uh, and I'm sorry if that's offensive, but right. I, I believe it.
0: I appreciate your call. Thank you. Good deal. Thanks. Good talking to you. 865 200 5402 And, Brian, you got called Bino, which, you know, hey, could to you, my friend. Let's go back. Yes. Yeah, yeah, a my
1: compliment. My compliment.
0: Let's go back Absolutely. to the fence. And, by the way, your Celtics finally decided to give Grant Williams a real role in the game. And guess what happened, Brian? What did he do last night? <laughs> he uh, told Jimmy Butler
4: what he could uh, do with this. What what he could do with himself there in the fourth quarter. When he
0: blocked that shot on J- Jimmy buckets. When Jimmy buckets called for that ball and Grant Williams blocked him. All six no point, help, two one and one. a half of of Jimmy Bu- of of Grant Williams, who looks like those guys are so big in the NBA that Grant Williams looks like he's about six two running around out there. Ain't that the truth, Brian? How big those dudes are.
4: Oh, it's tremendous, the athleticism, I mean, and they just don't, you don't, so you don't see that walking down the street in no. a typical setting.
0: And let me tell you this, because Alex Myers went to see the um, playoff game in Denver when, uh, who who did Denver play, They they the, the closeout they game? They beat Phoenix when they beat Phoenix in Phoenix. To game six to in, win that series. He was in Phoenix on business, and he went. And he says, Tony, these college guys and these NBA guys live, you won't talk about two different worlds, Looking at the size of those athletes, it's crazy how good those NBA guys are. Let's let's go back to our phones and get our next call in. So, kudos to Brian Celtics for keeping their dream alive. (laughs) Brian, you guys are in it. You guys are in it, Brian. No one's ever come back from down 3-0, but they've come back from
4: down 3-1.
0: This Celtic team can do it, Brian. But
4: nobody that's been down 3-0 has had a better team, though. Usually it's somebody who's vastly inferior. they gets behind
0: 3-0. And you think the Celtics are better than them?
4: I think they're more talented. Brian, yes. they Everybody were
0: down 3-0 that. and getting blown out. Brian, that's an embarrassing take. Well, Brian, thought, they were so down I'm 3-0 and one got one blown out take. in the third game, Brian, by 40 points. What <laughs> they're more t- talented than the Heat. <laughs> oh, my they're God. More, everybody's saying that. My God, i Brian, let's go back to our phones and get our next call in. <laughs> Sounds like it's Your Lynn laughing.
16: <laughs> How are my French compatriots doing? What's up, brother? Well, i I tell you, yesterday was just, just plain sad. <laughs> oh, my God, that, that, that was
0: horrendous.
16: <laughs> and one of my buddies, Jeff, you've met him. He, he's one of my oldest, dearest friends. Jeffy, uh, right Jeffy. At, we made that third out. He looked at Craig Jenkins and me and goes, Well, I guess it's time to go to all you need at the Smokies game. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Wednesday night, Smokies. Boom. And we just had to laugh. I mean, what do you do? You know, you get one hit and one in a game. You know, it's just... Uh, but I, I give the team and the coaches a B this year. I, I'm giving them a B. Because we made that second-half charge after starting out 5-10, and 10, and that, that means a lot to me.
0: You know, I, I just had a thought that... Your beautiful flag on the stick is not going to appear on television anymore unless you guys get it to a regional.
16: We were talking about that. We were talking about no more home games. I mean, that was part of the sadness. I know, because <laughs> you know we were we were wanting to go to that porch, you know, one more weekend.
0: Well, that that so. place in the postseason, that little bandbox, Lindsey Nelson Stadium, Sean, and we've both been blessed to be in there. If I had one wish for Tennessee fans. It would be that y- y'all were there the night I was there when Tony Valls went into the stands. We were out on that porch with you guys, and that's yeah. one of my favorite sports memories. There's just something about that Lindsey Nelson, that little stadium during those postseason games. You can just really feel the atmosphere in there, Sean. And we're not going to get a chance to experience it this year. But you know what? We're still going to be in the tournament, which is the which is that's still the an accomplishment. Which is still an accomplishment, Cinco. It's a it, you know, baseball, just like basketball, it's a
1: tournament sport. Yeah. It's, um, you know, we, we've hosted the past couple of years. Okay. Let's just go see, you know, if, if these guys have any metal about them, Yep, they're going to go to go on the road and prove it just, I mean, if this is a, if this is a JP Prince call out, if this is a Conzo Martin team call out, if this is a Rick Barnes team call out, well, let's see and show
0: us what you got. Yep. Because based on what I saw yesterday, W. Lynn, that body language yesterday, my advice to them would be pack light. Well, they got ten days. That body language was terrible. I I
16: don't know. You're right. The body language was just
0: awful. Yep, pack light, boys. If that's what you're going to do, you're going to mope around like, like that. No offense, pack light. I, I can't tell
16: the people you do not know how that's going to affect the clubhouse chemistry.
0: And what's that affect? What what, what what what? Well,
16: the transfers coming oh, in, no transfer doubt portal. About it. No
0: doubt about it.
16: Because you've got guys that have been sitting on the bench waiting for their turn to get yep. in, and all of a sudden they're still back on the bench. Now that's going to happen in every sport. No, doubt. that's just a but. It, our clubhouse chemistry, I don't know if it was the same as it was last
0: year. Oh, it's no, not even and close. And, and they've had some headaches behind the scenes. It's, you know, it's it's been challenging on Tony. It's There's no doubt it's been challenging for him.
16: And I would like to really thank Holly uh, for Colin, and I, I want to commend
0: her and tell her to call
16: continuously. Carlin She's a an great awesome caller. caller. Yep. And her her description of how she felt at the end of the game was pretty darn good. And uh, I am glad she cleared up the yelling at our players, me not too. our
0: fans. Me you know, too. That's very important. And I wish Tony, somebody gets to Tony and says, hey, man, that wasn't our kids doing it. It's, it's not going right. to be me. I'm not going to engage him. It's not my place. But I wish somebody would get to him and say, hey, Tony, that wasn't your fans doing it. It was other fans that were piling on him. Yeah. Our
16: fans are going to be behind us. If, if there's a yep. close regional, we'll have fans
0: there. Hey, and if I, it's I South Florida. Florida. Hey, listen, if it's South Florida, we have a lot of fans in the state of Florida. Like we saw that time we played for the uh, – uh, yeah. down there in, in St. Pete in the tournament. We will have fans – well, look, I know from our grid, the grid, when we look at the map who's listening where and we can do that or who's hitting the website where and we can do that – we have fans all over the place. You don't got to worry about us yeah. having representation at one of these places.
16: But, I, you know, I'm just, I, I'm trying to tell all my friends the season is not over. The tournament season starts next weekend, not this weekend. And we, we got to stay behind this team, you know. Uh, Be the 12th man. We'll all WL. try to get together and watch it somewhere, wherever we're playing. You're
0: the you man. Know? You're the man, brother. Yep. Lady Vol's watch party coming up. And I appreciate you. Thank you. Brian, I'm not feeling a watch party till we get to a super regional. Are you feeling that, Brian? Or do you think we ought to do just a, a regional watch party? What do you think, Brian? Is that too soon? It's a week and
4: a half away, so you've got okay. time to plan something out. Well, if have that's a take. What you want to do?
0: Have a take. Do you think we ought to have a listener watch party for the first round?
4: Sure,
0: why not? Well, it's, it's a lot of work. That would be the why not. Let's go back to the phones. Hello and welcome to our next I understand. Hello and welcome, into our, to say? <laughs> hello and welcome into our next call. Well, you know, have a take, as we say in the trade. I like it. 865 200 5402, a line available. Hello, welcome in.
3: Hi, Tony. I don't know uh, how many more times you're going to have Evan Russell on. But uh, the first time you had him on, I, do you remember what you said to him? I feel like you, uh, you're
0: you going to have to apologize to him. All right, I'm ready to apologize. Tell me what I said to him. I can't even remember what day it is today, so let alone what I said to Evan Russell the first time I had him on, who I love, by the way, presented by no, a friend in TLD Logistics. He's been insane. Uh,
3: you told him that uh, this team – in a three game series would beat his historical team from last year
0: they call me the king of bad takes actually i call myself that um that right there if i said that is among my greatest hits cuz that is a br- you talk about a brutal take in airwell airwell you well. did i'll say one thing
4: I do remember you saying is that this team would be better off in the postseason than his team. This team will be more prepared to have a good postseason than last year's team was again, or something to that extent.
0: Again, if there's a top five, that, that could be one that doesn't wear well. Although, sir, I'll say this to you. This team is going to be defined by what happens 10 days from now. Or two weeks from now, period, end of sentence. Can I say one more thing before I get off? Sure, I love it, man. What letter grade are you giving these guys? Oh, oh,
3: it's hard for me to say today because I, I almost blew a gasket last night when they uh, let Cal start hit. Uh, it, it was, it was basically a sign of uh, let's go home. And um, yeah, no offense he nearly to him,
0: rushed a homer, didn't he? No offense to him, but that was let's warm the bus up. Yeah, he almost did, Brian. Didn't he almost was hit one, a home run? No, it was one of the so hard-hit balls of the day. He had probably the best-hit ball of the day. I know, which goes to show you what kind of day they had. But I'm with the caller here. I, look, I think in the ninth inning you empty your bench. I wouldn't have let a Huna hit. I'm there, sorry. There are too
3: many times this year where a pinch hitter has made – I
0: mean, look at Griffin Merritt.
3: I mean, even Dylan Dryling. Look at Dryling and uh,
0: Fears, Tears for Fears. They're the ones that launched the second-half – a uh, comeback, they were, correct me if I'm wrong, both pinch hitters in the ninth inning, weren't they? And then would you have a bench for Tony Balls? Use your bench in the ninth. I mean, it isn't like your position players, your position players have been sitting there cold, two-hour rain delay, just like the guys on the bench. I agree with you. And the last, Okay,
3: well, the last thing I wanted to say was, yesterday you went on a rant for 10 minutes about Georgia's schedule, and you said again today, i think the only thing you're forgetting is that they had originally scheduled and again i hate georgia but yeah. they had originally scheduled a, an oklahoma team this year and next year that's right who at the time was a top five team it wasn't this um this clown coach they have now it was the lincoln riley oklahoma and i mean they can't help it if auburn florida every other team they play on their schedule That. They try to schedule the hardest teams. I mean, they had Oregon teams. No, they're,
0: they're non, their non-league schedule down through the years has been embarrassing. And if you'll look okay. at that, that is an absolute – now, I will say that my take on the baseball team is horrendous. My take on Georgia's schedule down through the years is rock solid. I mean, they, they did a home-and-home home home with Notre Dame, and they were celebrating like that thing like it was the seventh game of the World Series. You know why? Because they don't play anybody in their non-league schedule. They just don't, and they've avoided it down through the years. And if you go back and look at the 70s and 80s in this league, Georgia perennially had the lightest schedule. I just would encourage you to look into that, and to call me back, and you let me know if you still disagree with that take, because I'm giving you a take born through time and born through the present day, and their schedule this year is embarrassing. It's embar- And I understand what you're saying. They bought out of it because the league – I think they should have played it anyway this year, personally. I don't know what this year has to do with next, but I guess we didn't want to do a home and home or whatever it was. And I understand that they got caught with an you know had to had to put a hoopty in there now, but that schedule they have this year is an embarrassment to, to college football. No offense, to them. and I hope we we're going to be the, the toughest game for them. Is that not true?
3: Uh, it's very much true okay. it's, uh, yeah I mean until they until
15: they get to the playoffs
0: that's right and I would be bored to death if I was one of their fans but more power to them. Uh, thank you my friend good talking to you and I appreciate you calling me out because if I said that to Evan Russell right here in our TLD logistics phone lines today if I said that to Evan Russell that's a disgrace to takes. Bad takes, I've had a few. But I did it my way. We're going to come back, take some more calls right after this. This is Big Lou
11: Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia.
12: Have you heard the news? The Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools has a new day and time. Hop on the Big Yellow School Bus Saturdays at 10 a.m. right here on WKOM 101.7 FM to hear all about what's happening in and around Murray County Public Schools. The Big Yellow School Bus with Jack Cobb and Friends on Front Porch Radio, Saturdays at 10 a.m. on WKOM 101.7 FM. Fast paced Health provides easy access to quality
7: care close to home. The streets you live on are the streets we live on. We're part of the baseball games and main street parades. Your community is our community and it's our mission to provide you with quick, convenient, and affordable healthcare. We're here for the injuries and illnesses, the preventative treatments, the chronic conditions, and so much more. Fast
12: paced Health, reserve your spot in line today. Fast Pace Health is now open at 600 South James M. Kimball Boulevard.
13: This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee.
0: Just one programming note for you before we go back to our phones. And that's that today's uh, Garza Law, Tennessee, baseball extra innings will not be airing. So, just like a program it's Like a snow closing. It is. It's like a, yeah. Something happened in our environment, and I was forced to uh, let's go back to our phones. And I was forced to. Phone due to really nice weather. Yeah, it's been postponed. Postponed due to really nice weather. Postponed for a couple weeks. Hello, and welcome into our next call. (laughs) Hi, everyone. Hey, welcome in.
2: Uh, You have terrible terrible baseball takes? Is that
0: what's going on? I think I have terrible everything takes, actually.
2: Right, well let me make you feel better about yourself, because there's actually a few things you said this week that I actually think are are, are pretty good. The, the Blake bark thing, you're right about it. man, right now you if just putting him out there, you're just you're just watching the kid hang himself. He's not doing anything. Until he makes adjustments, the same thing is gonna keep happening and happen. Like <laughs> I, I don't understand why he's doing the lineup. Um earlier in the week you were talking about when Tony goes out there to pull his pitcher, does he talk to his catcher? Like, to me, this is another reason why I feel like we're having with issues with his catcher position. Like, your catcher, I always would talk to my catcher before I go out there. I would always talk to him about making pitching changes in situations like that. What do you think? Like, if you're doing it right and you're developing catchers, which is one of the reasons why I don't like getting a catcher out of transfer portal, I would rather recruit one out of high school you're building that kid up to letting him naturally be a leader of the team where everybody knows he's a leader of the team. You almost have an assistant coach on your staff when you have a catcher like that. And I would always talk to my catcher about making a pitching change like that. Um, the other thing you said, we desperately need a place like Miami. Like, I think in order for this team to, to advance, like, this team's going to have to mash to win. Like, you, you just got to go out there and win games 10 to 6. Like, you need a small ballpark with the air density's right where it's warm. Like, although I think you're right on all those fronts. Um, As far as like a grade for the for the a grade for them, like a a month ago I thought this team was dead. Like, oh, they're they're completely cooked. So, I mean, I I give them a lot of credit for turning the season around. Um, But, but like doing the small things that just haven't gotten better as the season's gone on, like lack of adjustments at the plate, um, that type of stuff. The the decisions. I know it's easy to second guess some of them, but as far as all that stuff goes, man, I mean, this is like it's like it's not good, man. You're talking like C and D stuff. Um, I I don't know. It's just just kind of my take on it. Somebody asked about Burns, like why he only has why is he only throwing two pitches? Burns has five pitches. He was throwing them all last year. I don't know why he's only throwing fastballs and sliders this year. I, I have no idea. I don't know what. I have no idea what the, the reasoning is behind that.
0: Lee, you're uh, you're making great points and, and and really the reason you are is because you're agreeing with me.
11: This is Big Lou Maddox and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee. WKOM one oh one point seven FM Columbia.
8: Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram thanks St. Jude Children's Hospital for their admirable work. We are committing to their cause of providing quality care to families in need at no cost to them by donating $150 for every new vehicle sold. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram is proud to partner with St. Jude for the fourth consecutive year. If you are currently in the market for a new vehicle, visit the team in store or shop online at Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia.net to help families protect what matters most. You can count on us.
15: Each week on History's Hook, we'll be bringing you interesting and informative stories from the past in an effort to connect the history in our own backyard to the big events that compose national and world history. I'm your host, Tom Price. This is not your high school history class. We're going to make history fun and compelling. We're going to get you hooked.
12: History's Hook with your host, Tom Price, Saturdays at 9 a.m. and 6 p.m., right here on WKOM 101.7 FM Front Porch Radio. Join us for a journey through time.
18: Want to experience Spring Hill in one day under one roof? Now is your chance. Spring Hill's most popular annual community event, Experience Spring Hill, the event, presented by Liberty Federal Credit Union, is back and jam-packed with fun at Summit High School on Saturday, June 24th from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. You can learn more about this exciting event at ExperienceSpringHill.com. We hope to see you there.
5: This is Estate Plan Stan at Pachowski Estate Law. Here are some of the questions I get asked. Can I protect my child's inheritance from a divorce? Can I protect my children's inheritance from creditors or lawsuits? What if my child has a drug or alcohol problem? Can I protect their inheritance from that habit? What if I have a special needs child that cannot own property? The answer is yes. Call me at 931-363-7222 for one of my family vision meetings. Your family will thank you.